All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Small Talk. It is May 14th, and Reggie and I are still alive. We have made it through however many months of man, times just is this it still feels like groundhog day it's easing up a little bit i don't know yeah. if it does for you feel that way not at all man it's just it's easing up a little bit but i got some good news though here in my county i've got a friend of mine who uh, uh happens to also be a uh, county commissioner and he's been posting updates on the numbers in citrus county florida where i live and Based on a population of 149,657 people, Reggie, in this whole county, that'd be like a few blocks there in St. Paul where you're at. But just shy of 150,000 people, we've had 109 cases. And uh, God bless every one of them and their families. We've had 11 deaths. So a uh, couple of different ways of looking at this. I just want to, I like the math. Let's just do the math. So I'm going to look at this as a very positive thing to here in Citrus County, Florida, your chances of having COVID-19 are 0.0007 that, that we know of. Those are confirmed cases. So if I remember right from like middle school math, that's seven ten thousandths of 1%, I think that's right. Mm. And then uh, the deaths, 0. 0.00007. So that's seven one hundred thousandths of 1%. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where the common mantra is one death is too many. Well, uh, First of all, we're not in charge of that. It's a virus. This is nature. Made this point before. Nature is trying to kill us, whether it's <laughs> viruses. Hurricane season is, has just started in Florida, so now we'll have some hurricanes trying to kill us. Earthquakes, typhoons, floods, tsunamis, blizzards, avalanches, killer whales. What is hornets? Where they go? Murder, murder hornets, murder hornets. Um, you name it, uh, the, the sun with cancer and all the, the planet is trying to kill us. All of you folks that uh, are really, really all about uh, preserving the earth. And I'm with you, man. I love the earth, too. But uh, it's doing a better job of killing us than we are of it. Uh, at any rate, so we're not in charge of that. You can't make public policy as well with a, a pronouncement like one is too many. That's for sure. We can't uh, live in a society where we, we uh, operate on that principle. Uh, think about that. Think about everything that that would encompass, by the way, if you disagree with that. Just give that some thought. So I'm going to say uh, thank, thank God. Um, and if you don't believe in God, think the earth, think whoever, that here where I live, uh, the percentage of people who have died out of the population is 0.00007. So good job distancing or cleaning or good job Mother Nature for not wiping us all out. So I think that's some good news. Reg, I actually looked today. I wanted some good news. So I looked 
for good news on on Google. Right? I was like, I just went and typed in. This is something I've never done. Good news stories. And I came upon a website called Good News Network. Mm. And they had all kinds of good stuff. And I have to tell you, I was bored out of my mind in about, I don't know, 30 seconds. <laughs> Why were you bored? Because it was just, well, because it, it was like it was flowery. Mm. You know, it was like really flowery type stuff that, you know, you can feel like when people are really stretching for something good. And that's just the way it felt. It just felt like it was a big stretch. But there was mm. there was some good stuff on there. So, anyway, there's a lot of good just going on right around me. Good luck in your numbers, uh, man. But uh, don't don't have that conversation with certain people because I've heard if I try to bring up something similar to that, I'll get a response of, "But they're not testing everybody, so you don't know if everybody has it." Yeah, you know what? They're, they're exactly right. Like, how many cases are really out there? Who knows? Yeah, and I'm like, well, if they if there's more people that have it and fewer people are dying, well, no, 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 they're not marking them properly. They they're, they're not uh, labeling the deaths accordingly, right? They, they, they're not saying that they're COVID when they really are COVID. Like, you can't win in that argument, man. Like, I mean, there's, 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 we yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. You know, everyone says, everyone says, follow the money. I, Glenn just joined us. I'd be interested in what Glenn thinks. Uh, Glenn, type your response here. Would medical professionals be more inclined to say that the death was COVID or was not COVID? Let's see what Glenn has to say about that. I'm interested in that too. Now, with everything else, we say follow the what? The money. Yeah, follow the money. That's what we say. Follow the money. And yeah. if you just Google this, <laughs> Google the rep the repository of all things true. Google. If you Google this, and you could find uh, actual, observed government documents. Of course, those are going to be true as well, right? Where you can see what the, the rates are of you know, reimbursement for these hospitals. And from what I understand, if it's COVID death, they get paid more. And if they're, they put somebody on a respirator, they get paid even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Glenn says maybe not the doctor, but the higher-ups would. I agree with that. Mm. I agree with that. And why would I say that? Rebecca's over here shaking her head. Yes, over here, my uh, my producer over here in the chair. Uh, and why? Because the higher ups are the ones responsible for the purse strings. Mm. The doctors are the people out there uh, really trying to fight that battle, doing some good stuff. And uh, Shirley also saying they're making COVID. Uh, they're making it COVID to get the money. I think okay. so. Yeah. I, well, hey, I ain't gonna get into that. I, I, it's just literally. Currently at my house, especially, if I bring up one story of hope, there's 15 stories that tear it down. Like, I don't know, the guy that got, um, the senator that resigned today because he sold all his stocks and stuff. Oh, yeah, birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, not, I don't want to see, you know, revel in someone's misery. And at the same time, it's like, okay, good, good that they got it, right? And so I was saying that and it was like well he probably won't go to jail look what happened to manafort and look what happened to this if he goes he'll just get i'm like jesus slow down though. can we just have that one victory just one, one victory hey, what, what, what what happened to your buddy there that had all that money stacks and stacks of cash in his freezer you remember that one no i don't i don't i don't oh rebecca can you look that up 
congressman, stacks of cash in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to get me the name. She's going to get me the name. Oh, this is, this is not going to be hard to come up with. Man, these guys do this grimy stuff all the time. And, and uh, she's probably right. Probably not really going to be held accountable for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at all this stuff. Oh, gosh. All right. I'm about ready to step on. What was his name? William J. Jefferson. William J. Jefferson. Not to be confused with William Jefferson Clinton. <laughs> William J. Jefferson. Look up Mr. Jefferson. Was it in a freezer or refrigerator, Rebecca? Check that out. She's looking it up. Yeah, Glenn says that would be cool cash. Like that is up. some cool cash. I don't know if it's cool cash or frozen cash, but that's where it was. Stacks and stacks. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of like stories in the news. I, I actually had a pretty good day. Oh, it was in the freezer, by the way. Sorry. Hold on. Well, they found $90,000 cash in the freezer. $90,000 cash in the freezer. $10,000 increments wrapped in aluminum foil stuck inside the frozen food box. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. $10,000 increments wrapped in aluminum foil in in what, Rebecca? Uh, frozen food. Frozen food boxes. Hey. That's some cold cash. Get it how you live. Get it how you live. Yes, sir. I, I'd like to know, maybe Rebecca could keep reading. I'd like to know what happened to him. But I'll guarantee you whatever happened to him is very different from what would happen to Reggie Prince or George Schmalstig if $90,000 cash and $10,000 increments wrapped up in aluminum foil and food boxes in our freezer were to be found by the feds. I'm going to tell you that. Or if I had some uh, documents on a server in someone's bathroom in the in the Midwest somewhere and had smashed phones with hammers and bleached bit and all the rest of it. It's just Reggie. There are two Americas. All right. What was his name? John Edwards. John, mm. John Edwards was talking about that when he was running for president. Oh, it's two Americas, two Americas. He didn't annoy me with that, but he was right. Man, was he right. It's two Americas. Yeah, there he is. And this all had nothing to do with race, man. Cause Reggie Prince and George Smallstig would both go down. We'd really go down now that we have this uh, Facebook live broadcast and podcast out here. We're sharing our opinions. We'll go down real quick. Yeah, true. But yeah, let me finish telling you. Yeah. I had a day I shut off all electronics, right? And I had to do my work during the day because I've been blessed to be able to convert my, my business into virtual. So, you know, your boy ain't hurting. Thank you, Jesus. But um, I, I decided I'm not going to read stuff because I read one thing. Yeah, truly. I like that. Uh, I read one thing and it just, oh, it just kind of set me off. And so I just turned off everything. I turned off my computer. I let my phone die, so I couldn't be on there. And I just kind of chill. But it just, that, that one story really just, I mean, it's stuck in my crawl, man, like a son of a gun. And then I, I avoided television, too, because I didn't want to hear about it on the news. And just, can I share it with you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So apparently the other day, they were having the press conference, which just still baffles me. So we would have the thing indoors, and nobody wore a mask. <laughs> and so Trump canceled that because he tired of them bypassing him and asking the experts instead of asking him and, you know, all this, that and the other. So he canceled that. Yeah. And he just show out on the, on the lawn. Right. And it's really just him and whoever he chooses, whatever pip he decided to let, let him have a little solo in the game. Right. So he, he glad as night. The rest of them just back there chilling. And then that lady asked a question about uh, the competition thing. 
you know, like is it a competition for this, that, and the other? And I don't know if they I didn't I don't know the value in that question. I mean, I guess it's pointing out that he's trivializing um, you know, the, the activities or whatever. And that, maybe there's some value in that. And then he said, Well, why don't you ask China? And then, you know, he went on with this, that, and then it turned into he said that to her because she was Chinese. And I it just it, it I don't know. It, it just for a minute gave me pause. And then I just got enraged. And I'm not a Trump supporter. And the, the thing that frustrates me the most is that I end up having to defend not so much him, but just like the nature of it and try to try to like talk about, can we be rational about this? Did he mean it that way? I don't know. I don't know what is in his heart. Everybody called him a racist. He maybe he is. He probably is. But I don't think he meant in that moment that I think he would have said that to anybody who had posed that question to him, right? Because he's been trying to pass the buck off on China for Quite a quite a bit of time now, so to, to then turn around and say she pulled a mask off and said, "Did you ask me that because because I'm Chinese or something like that?" And I thought, "How is this helping us? Where is this leading to? Like, you what you just proved is to the people who already thought he was a racist, he's a racist, and for the people who think he ain't a racist, you just ticked them off all the more because it shouldn't have been about that at all. And when did reporters become the story?" That used to be taboo, right? That was, I, I've never been to journalism school, but I watched enough movies, I guess. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And the idea was that the journalist should never be the story. And yet, now, it, that, that's what all has turned into. And I get that he barks at them and he says stuff that's inappropriate or just he gets into these tantrums with them, which is inappropriate for a president, fine. But can't we, aren't we supposed to take the higher ground? And really, are you in there getting information that's going to help the people? Or are you getting in there getting information to bolster your career? Like you stood up to the president. Wow, bully for you. People are still dying from COVID. We're getting mixed information on thousands, from thousands of different sources about what is and what ain't harming us, what we can and can't do. Millions of people out of work, but you stood up to the president. God bless you. I hope you slept well that night. I really and truly do. Well, I, no, you're good, man. You're good. I appreciate that. I think that that was probably Monday, Reggie, because Tuesday morning I, I got up and did what I do most of the time. Everyone listens to small talk knows this. I uh, roll over. Even when I'm kind of in that twilight, Rebecca can attest to it. I'll turn that television on and I might even catnap a little bit. But morning, Joe, Joe and Mika. They, uh, they have a way of waking me up in the morning, get me riled up and get the blood pumping to where I don't even need caffeine. Yes. That, 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 that cafe Bustello, that, that espresso coffee in there, as much as I enjoy it and I'm going to drink it anyway, uh, I really don't need it. I don't know. They, they wake me up. They get me going. They were going off on him for being such a racist. And not only that, but telling him basically be a man. You're just being a baby because he turned and walked away and ended yeah. the press conference. And the reason why this ticked me off too, Reggie, she said what she said, right? When she pulled that mask off, she said, why are you asking me that question? Why are you asking me that question? And he calls on a reporter that was standing behind her. I think that lady was from uh, the uh, Clinton news network uh, or the COVID news network, whatever it's called these days. And that lady takes a couple steps forward. And instead of asking her question when she's called on by the president, 
she like taps. I think she even tapped that CBS reporter, the reporter, Weijia Weijia Zhang or something like that. Her name is taps her mm -hmm. like prompted her to keep on going. Yeah, have at him, have at him, keep on going. And so, so when when the uh, the lady that's uh, of Asian descent when she's finally done, Trump now calls on someone else. And the lady from the COVID News Network, she said, you called on me. You called on me. He's like, yeah, I called on you. You didn't step up and say anything. So now I'm calling on that person back there. And she just kept on and kept on. And he said, fine, I'm out of here. I'd have done the same thing. Didn't he in that moment do basically what every parent advises their child to do when like two children are sitting in the back seat and they start to argue? What do you tell them? Hey, what have y'all got to what? Stop. Knock it off. One of y'all got to stop. One of y'all got to knock it off. You know what? He knocked it off. So I'm not doing this. Turned himself right around, went right back inside. I think he did the right thing. And my opinion of that is that um, that that still is unbecoming of a president, but it ain't the worst thing that you could possibly do. And that shouldn't be a story. Like to me, that's not a story. We, For those who are on his team, that's going to do nothing but irritate the hell out of him and maybe pull a few more people who might agree with what he did over to his team. For those who aren't on his team, we already know everything you just tried to prove in that moment. It wasn't a newsflash, right? But it did detract away from the potential of us getting some relevant information, which is hard to get in these conferences. I mean, like seriously, from the bleach to the uh, daylight in the lungs or whatever in God's name we talk about. I mean, it's hard to get relevant information out of this. And all you did was just shut it down for no, I mean, but you won. You won. You shot the BB gun, right? And he lost. He lost. He ate tomato sauce. I heard it from a kid back in the day. Seriously, how does that help? And how is that journalism? It's and not. Clearly not. And, and so where do we get our information from? I said this a couple of shows ago. I think Denzel Washington said it best. If you read the paper, no, if you don't read the paper, you're uninformed. If you read the paper, you're misinformed, right? Well, now, if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. But if you watch the news, there's a good chance, no matter which channel you're on, whether it's CNN, ABC, AON, I love the AON. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's them folks. Woo. That, that's almost like the onion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. You, you, how do we trust the information that's there? And as a journalist, I wish, I hope for one of them to have the courage to step up and be that, right? There's some newspaper writers that are, are out there grinding. Like they, they, they try to find every ounce of the source and they, they, they whittle it down to where it's almost nothing before they put it out there because they want to be accurate, right? But now that we've moved over to the 24 hour news cycles, and, and Twitter and Facebook and all these social media things are now sources of news. And a lot of people, now that we've moved to that, Denzel said it best again. It's more important to be first than to be accurate. And it's way more important for up and coming reporters to right now, especially make their bones against the president. Show that you're not afraid of him, stand up to him. That does nothing for the average cat out there, nothing. Well, what, yeah, it does. It really, yeah, it really does nothing. And what it does is it gets that lady in the news, like you said. She just made herself yeah. a story. And, and Matthew makes a pretty good point here. Let me just say, 
that if if you have that one person who does actually shoot down the middle, then that person is going to be called a shrill for Trump. Because mm-hmm. when Fox News, these are just hard numbers. When Fox News, it's a little dated, by the way. It's about a year ago I heard this. Fox News, when, when analyzed, uh, their news was analyzed to see what percentage was positive and negative Trump. It was 53% negative on Donald Trump. Their news division. Hard news. I'm not talking about the primetime opinion lineup. And the other networks were like well over 90%, like high 90%. And so by comparison, if Fox News was shooting down the middle at at that point in time, who knows what it is today, but they were shooting down the middle by comparison to the others, they look like shrills for Donald Trump. And then all the... All the people who are like, you get your, you get your news from Fox, then I'll tell you what, I bet, I bet I know who you are. You're a Fox News listener. You probably are a redneck, inbred, Brunswick, Georgia type, hunting black folk down in the street to shoot them type type people. That's what you are. No, that that's actually not what we are. That's not what we are at all. So, uh, I'm sorry. Teresa said, uh, it causes more distrust and he's still the president. I was always raised. You don't have to respect the person, respect the position, right? Even when they're getting out of pocket, respect the position. So your teacher could be getting rowdy and randy, but she's still a teacher. So respect that, that profession. You know, if your coach, is doing something out of pocket. You ain't got to respect the man in that position. Respect the 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 title, if if nothing else. And and we we've lost our way. I, I just think we have. Now, it started with yelling out "You lied to Obama" and all that other stuff. And you that's nothing compared to today. And I'm I'm saying that that what what happened to Obama was bad. I think it was like horrible. They bashed the man for wearing a damn tan suit. They they went on and on about all kind of you know, just trivial stuff. Cause that was, that was pretty lame cat, man. He, he wasn't going to give you no sauce to go out there in the streets with, you know what I mean? But they found whatever they could. And then now it's our turn and we are going way left with what we doing. And and the thing is for me, okay, to some degree, I, I might get a little joy out of, you know, making old Cheeto cringe a little bit. Right. And he's starting to look a little worse for the wear before he was, he was managing this, but now, He's looking a little tired, man, for real. Because they getting at it. But forget him. What about the next president? And the president after that? And the president, you've set a precedent now that we don't engage our leaders. We we argue with them, right? Like we, we need to prove them wrong at every turn. Because like if Joe get in there, if you don't think that the other side is going to do the exact same thing, they are. Yes. And they have a right to because you've now established that precedent. President, not president. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to the uh, BET analogy, though, Reggie. All right. When yeah. white folks are like, why is there not a WET? Why is there not a wet network? The standard reply is, can we have one? Y'all got all the others on the television. Can we just have one? Just like, why is there Black History Month? You got the other 11. Hell, you even got that 12 one, too, dog. Right. So, so when. Biden, God forbid, 
Lord have mercy, strike me down. Biden is becomes president for that couple months before you we gotta send him off to Green Acres and, and put his vice president in there. But if when the next Democrat president is elected, how many major networks on television are gonna be anti Democratic president? Who are they? What networks are they? Please, people on the chat, somebody, somebody chat in here and let me know what networks will be anti-Democrat president when right now the one pro-Republican president channel is at 53% negative coverage of that man. I'm going to wait. I need to see some answers. On yeah, this. I mean, I really want to know. I'm tired of people griping and complaining just this ignorance about you get your news from Fox. Yeah, that's the, come on, man. You know, you, you know what? What? It, what? It, I'm sorry. Good. You can't. Fox. And what I mean by that is, I would. I, I won't dispute you at all with the news portion of it. But when it, once it reaches prime time, that ain't news no more. That's opinion. That's where they make the money. Yeah, but and, and during that time, I don't think there's too much that's unfavorable. In prime time, for for Donald Trump. No, I no, I don't think so. But I will say, I think I think Tucker, I think Tucker shoots straighter than the other two. I will say that. We we'll say PBS. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like the that. PBS man. Those those cats, they're they're cozying up to to senators and and congressmen trying to get broke off their cut so they could keep that thing going because. <laughs> Nobody's on their advertising. It don't even work that way. <laughs> no way. I don't know where was that. Glenn just, Glenn just really threw me off right there. He, he, know, he, he did me too. Yeah, yeah, he got me on that one right there. I'll shift gears a little bit. Somebody say Tucker shoots facts. I'm gonna I'm, I'm go have a drink after this one. I did. Just... Yeah, okay, it was Tucker last week. I think I told you this, Reggie, in one of our uh, private calls. He was the one that was really shooting holes in Tara Reid's story. Mm. I'm like, I get a some whole shot in the Tara Reid story, pro-Biden. Where's it coming from? Tucker Carlson. Wow, look at that. <laughs> That's amazing. Can I get I every liberal that I know of that looks like looks at me or my wife or whomever like we're a bunch of inbred hillbillies that have no common sense for watching Fox News, and can I get them and tell them, hey, switch over to Tucker real quick. You might be happy with what's happening over there. <laughs> I, I really think – and what I was going to say uh, about Matthew's point a few minutes ago, I really think that uh, what we need to do is take in the news from wherever we're taking it in and then have conversations like what you and I are having right now. And then we can sort that stuff out because speaking is a form of thinking. And so then you arrive at some conclusions. Maybe you've thought it through, but not too many people are going to have conversations like you and I are having right now. At least not in front of company. <laughs> well, probably not. I mean, I can't wait till all this opens up and I'm all back in the same social circles that I was before and actually interacting with people. It's like, how many people are going to be like, hey, man, that small talk thing. I don't know if y'all be doing that right now. I don't even know if you should even be talking and sharing what your opinion is. God yeah. forbid it's America. I'm waiting. It's going to happen. At, at some point. But I do want to switch gears a little bit because that was my thing that kind of set me off. And then today I was just sitting here chilling and I, mean, I, I had some meetings and stuff. And I'm be honest. I'm one of them guys during the Zoom meeting. I'm in every other doggone place on the on the internet, dog. I mean, like I got the cat. I mean, I got it up in one corner of the screen so I can see what's going on in case I need to interact. And I'm listening, but I'm I'm on like Amazon. I'm buying 
stuff I don't need. You know, I'm on Facebook looking at stuff. Well, I, I was on Twitter actually during a meeting, and this Brett Bear, I think that's his name. Yeah. Right. Um, Brett Bear. I mean, something said Matthew McConaughey got uh, uh, gets praise for his his interview with, and I'm like, okay, let me see what this is, because I really don't have a problem with Brett Bear, and I won't comment on Tucker Carlson because I don't watch his show. I'm not going to take what people tell me about him either as being gospel. I, I don't care because I don't care what he has to bring, right? I mean, but with Brett Bear, I think he's pretty. He seems more of a journalist than a lot of the other ones on that network, so. I, I watched it. And Matthew McConaughey went into, it was like a four, five minute interview. He went to this explanation about his foundation and what they're doing. And it was really about do what you can where you are, right? The, 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 the issue of politicizing all these safety measures is just embarrassing. And it's, uh, it's uh, embarrassing, unproductive, and actually uh, unsafe. You know, if somebody wears a mask, then they're supposed to be a liberal, and if they don't wear a mask, then they're conservative. It why is it like that? Why it shouldn't be that way? But it's that way because this, our life, our safety, our our progress through this thing, has been politicized, right? If if I want to go back to work or if I want to run my business, I'm a conservative and I want people to die. But if I want to stay at home, and be safe, then I'm a liberal and I'm a snowflake and I just want to live off the government. Right. I mean, like it's, it's these two polar opposites and people are like really playing into that. They're exacerbating each side of the pole. And we let that happen because we don't have dialogue. We don't discuss with one another. I want businesses to reopen. Why? Because I don't know if we can recover if we keep this thing going. I read stories where uh, six weeks ago they said that if we go into a certain date that somewhere like Five or six hundred oil companies in the United States were going to go out of business. Why that was of interest to me? Because I did a training in Greeley, Colorado, and it was an oil town, which is kind of strange up there. I mean, beautiful big pickups, man. You, you, everybody had a dually with rims on it. It was just, and I thought, wow, those people are really going to suffer on the back end. And sure enough, they are, because now their 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 businesses have gone belly up because they can't make it. I want people to have an opportunity to live their lives and make money, but I'm also a, a chubby man with high blood pressure. I'm if they open up tomorrow, I'm not going to be running to the store. I'm not going to be in a movie theater. I'm still going to be self isolating safely in my home. I'll do what I need to do to survive, like go out and get groceries, but I'll wear a mask when I go. But that's my choice. So why do I need to be labeled in either category when I, I share both ideas? But the problem is now we are, we're not allowed to have a, a open dialogue or we're not allowed to have multiple points of view. You're either this or you're that. And from either lens, the other side is horrible, deplorable, the devil, like uh, ruining our country. W what sense does that make? Makes none to me. I mean, I wish I had something more profound to say to you, but I, I think that uh, two things came to mind while you're saying all that. Personality type and temperament have a lot to do with our political viewpoints. So some of it might just be the way you're wired up. But at the same time, there have been times in our country where people who were, uh, you know, we, you, right before we went live, we talked about this. Even the revolution, you had the frontiersmen that got riled up first about the British, but then they had to get the people in the cities on board, Patrick Henry's, those types 
And those people were very different people, but they were able to come together and get something done. And it's mm -hmm. just hard to imagine at this point that type of situation happening in our politics today. Yeah. If we, I don't know, I guess we saw a glimmer of it when 9-11 happened. We were all together. Mm -hmm. But how long did it take before we were all apart again? It didn't take very long. And I blame that on the political class and the media more than anyone. Yeah, it's not just your average person out there. People in America will pull together. They will do whatever they can in their own communities. And look what happens when we have uh, the earth trying to kill us with floods and all kinds of natural disasters. Man, people will uproot and leave and, and go to different states and help out and give money. And uh, they just had a, they just had a, virtual telethon in New York city to help people that are suffering from COVID-19. And man, it was amazing how much money was raised. I did see that on the good news network today, but it was kind of boring me. So I didn't really <laughs> pay attention to all that much, but they raised all kinds of money. We have, we have the most amazing, generous, wonderful citizenry here in this country, but you turn on the television and the media and the politicians are just going at it. When I saw Matthew McConaughey's video, you sent it to me, and he's saying it's not partisan, this is not a political issue, and I'm agreeing with it, but the first thing that comes to mind, Reggie, is within, I don't know, a couple of weeks of this whole thing, 60% of Democrats said Trump's to blame for it? And it's like, here we go, off to the races. Now, I'm not saying they're necessarily the ones that started it, but I can tell you, I don't think Trump and the Republicans were really trying to stir up a bunch of drama on this one. Like, here is their time to shine. We need to do something good with this. But old Rahm Emanuel, his great words kick in, never let a crisis go to waste. <laughs> and it becomes political real quick. I agree with everything McConaughey said. I love it. But we will for, but we will forget it really, really quickly. Really surely uh hating dislike is homegrown. That that that's a big statement and it's true though. It, it really and truly when you talk about the unity that we need, the unity we had through 9-11, that happened and it was brief, but people got back into their own circles and it started we started seeing ourselves as being separate again. And I get it. I ain't gonna sit here and try to act like the world's perfect and Lord knows. I'm one of the biggest ones to say that we could be doing better. We need to be doing better when it comes to like race relations and a lot of other stuff. And the fact that people are being shot and killed again, like in Indianapolis, the boy in Georgia, the boy down in Florida. I mean, like it's just all over the place. And, and those things need to be addressed. We can't sidebar those. Right. But to see that as the whole, especially right now, when I've watched people share masks, not the mask they got on, but like doing for other folks that don't look like them in, in a time of need, if we focus on that, when that we are one people, right, and stay in that mode, we could build something pretty positive on the other side of all this. But the problem is, I, I won't say they, I don't know who they are. And I hate when people say they said, they did. They some bad people, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. But there's something out there that wants us to stay pitted against one another. There's something out there that wants us to keep grinding the way we are. Because think about the big distraction, uh, and it should have been a news story, 
of the boy in Georgia. That 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 took away a lot of attention from a lot of things, but only for a short period of time. Right? I think when you take that that shooting in Georgia, that was a, a unifying moment to a great degree for our country. I mean, I shouldn't say for our country, but for a lot of people. I heard I saw white people, Asian people, black folks, white folks, everybody posting about how horrible that was, right? And then shortly after that, I saw some stupid stuff on Twitter, which is why I just turned my computer off, where it's it somehow we start talking about Democrats and Republicans in that. How how? I mean I do. I have no idea. One thing that I always want to talk about is just the facts. Yeah. And so I just I love that line. I think it, I think Ben Shapiro says it all the time. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So I like you said, it it can be something that gets really stirs the pot for me to say that there's zero point zero 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 seven percent of the population in my county that have died of this. Like you feel like you have to you have to say you have to qualify that statement with how horrible that is and all the rest of it, right? You have to, not only because it is, but because you know that you're going to get attacked by just saying what the facts are. <laughs> but those are your facts. Remember, yeah, we got those are my facts. Those are my facts that I got well, from the health facts. department. That's what, so something anyway, could have been lost. Hey, but I, I want to comment on this. Dude. So I, I've got a running list on my phone of podcast slash article slash video topics. Right. Something comes to mind. I just want to share what the top one is that I will get to at some point. Here it is. They need to do more for the kids. That's what I hear in this community. <laughs> they need to do more for the kids. Oh, we live in a retirement community here in Citrus County, Florida. And the comment that I put after that is we are they. <laughs> I think more grimy stuff and nonsense gets chalked up to they, and I love yeah. the fact that you just said it. It's like, where's the personal responsibility and accountability here? It's not they. I love that when man with superior like they need to do more for the kids around here. Who the hell is they? It's you. You do more for the kids. Don't come talk to me about doing more for the kids. Don't put the, don't say that in my presence because I was a dummy that was foolish enough to show up at like community alliance meetings and be like, hey guys, guess what? I'm gonna start a nonprofit. And it's gonna be a mentoring program for kids, since they won't do nothing around here. <laughs> uh, and here's what we're, and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna award, reward them for good behavior with time on Honda dirt bikes. We're gonna we're gonna put delinquent pre-delinquent children on dirt bikes to let them ride around i mean we should have had death and mayhem by now uh, eight years later like no it's not they you do something like we have to own it at some point and so really i like for me rosie i have to take a step back sometimes just like i was saying on our last broadcast on tuesday about the arbury case i don't want to just immediately knee jerk go to facebook and start putting my viewpoint out there no, I need to I need to sit back a little bit and be a little bit more thoughtful about that because it's just way too easy to contribute to this divide than it is to contribute to, to some some reconciliation. That's for yeah. sure. It's so much easier to dislike people than it is to love them. Mm -hmm. Like you struggle to love the people in your own house. And those both folk are flesh and blood. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
I don't know. I've noticed some milestones in my life. Like at 20, I was idealistic. At 30, I realized that crap ain't happening in this lifetime for me. And at 40, I'm like, I don't like people. I can't wait to see what happens at 50. Like most people just get older and just dislike folk right off the get. And so it takes work. It takes effort to build a relationship and listen to other people and hear the point of view. And look, man, we're just not up for the work. Why are we not up for the work? Every time you ask someone how they are, hey, man, how you been? What, what's the answer to that? Fine. Busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. They might, yeah. Say, they might say fine. I was told that's the woman's F word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how you, you doing? Fine. Uh, no, everybody says busy. I ain't got time for Time to get out there and listen to people, hear their viewpoint. Might be different than mine. All right, time to turn on Fox News and actually hear what's going on over there. Listen to Joe and Mika, the Me Too, the Went Right, according to Reggie Prince, and see what they got to say over there. Hear different viewpoints. People just don't want to do that. Yeah, and it goes back into what we talked about a few shows back too. That whole idea of I already made up my mind about a lot of different things. I actually feel pretty solid and comfortable in how I see the world. So for me to ingest new information that might distort that. That starts attacking my, my, my sense of self-worth, my character, like how I see myself. If I've been wrong all these years, then that's how do I reconcile that within myself? So to avoid those feelings, I'm just going to search out and seek things that stick with what I already see and what I already know. Man, people bend and contort themselves in all kinds of different directions to hang on to stuff, man. You, yeah, you know, well, you know. Well, you see what had happened was, no, come on now. Come I on. call them sacred cows. You know what I mean? You can't slaughter a sacred cow. Right. And so a lot of people have got a lot of beliefs and values that are sacred cows, and they won't let anybody challenge those in any way. And they would definitely won't use the stuff we teach to challenge themselves. All right. right. Let's let's finish that with that right now. And it, we're going this direction anyway. This is the one word I had in my head before we started today, and that is confidence. Mm. Confidence. Right. So. Uh, in, in classes that you and I teach, we'd say uh, self-efficacy. We talk about efficacy, right? Efficacy, just a fancy way of saying confidence. Efficacy means power to produce an effect, right? So power mm -hmm. to produce an effect. So that's confidence. So how, you know, what, what are the sources of confidence? Well, there's basically like four of them. All right, let me just group these up real quick. So let's say the first source of confidence, personal confidence, is social and self-persuasion, right? What are mm -hmm. other people saying about me? All right, and am, am I listening to them, right? Because that's going to affect how I think about myself. And what am I saying about myself? All right, so social and self-persuasion. And then there's past successes and failures. Reggie, you know, we talk for a living. We get in front of groups and we talk for a living and train folks. Man, I'll tell you what, I have a presentation I did one time. And I was up in front of probably 50, 60 uh, juvenile probation officers over in Dade City, Florida, giving a presentation. And bro, I was bombing. You know, it's really bad when you're bombing up in front of a group and you know you're bombing and you just can't yeah. save yourself. I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm, um, 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 um. I was even making some weird noise out of my mouth, like in between points, like, you know, something like that. Like, it was really just, I was bombing, man. So like the next time I had a presentation to do, that was on my mind, mm -hmm. that past failure. So I'm thinking of all my successes and trying to draw on those because I don't want to bomb again. And then emotional state, that's another source of 
confidence. I think that's probably why athletes put on their headphones, listen to music before a big game, right? Get their mind right, emotions right. And then there's another one, which is performance of others. And I think that one's really, really interesting. How well is someone else performing at a task that I would like to do well at? And if someone else does it so much better than me, then I may not be so confident in my ability to do it. And some of that could be rational. Some of it could be irrational. But at any rate, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it just affects your, your confidence. And so I realized, Reggie, I have like zero to no confidence in those folks in Washington, D.C., in the media and in, the, uh, in, the, in our political class. It is – you flip on the news, you see all this, uh, this case with uh, Flynn – Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this guy's under attack from from the get. All these people come out and say, uh, we've got evidence on the news. They said, we got evidence that Flynn was colluding with the Russians and blah, blah, blah. Then they put all them jokers under oath. They're like, no, I've never seen any evidence of anything like that. <laughs> all this is happening at the same time. Uh, it is it is the freaking young and the restless up there. What a cesspool of just. Filth and nonsense. I've got no confidence in any of them. I got, well, I got confidence that Trump will look out for Trump. And I hope that when it, I do have confidence of that. You, you hope you get on that band. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping, right there. I hope he, uh, his agenda aligns with mine, which so far, you know, basically economic, it, it's worked out pretty good until this nonsense, but. I just don't I don't have confidence in them. Definitely don't I'm, have confidence in the media. But I don't have I I'm not that guy that's like, oh, I could do better than any of them. Like that type of thing. That's where you take performance of others and your viewpoint on yourself sometimes a little too far. And then you get into narcissism. Like, yeah. oh, I could do a lot better than that. I love it when people call Republicans call Obama an idiot. I'm like, no, you know what? You don't go to the schools that he went to. All this Ivy League stuff, you know, yeah, uh, uh, dr- dig up all that dirt on his uh, state Senate opponent there in uh, Illinois and get that guy thrown out so he can win and ascend to the presidency. Even could you imagine you and I stand in front of audiences and speak, but could you imagine the doors of the House of Representatives fling open and the sergeant at arms yells, Mr. President, or Madam Speaker, the President of the United States, you got to walk down there, and and there's 300 million people watching you talk, and you're in that grand hall. Like, how many people are like, "Oh, Trump's an idiot. Obama's <laughs> an idiot. He's so stupid." Man, you couldn't do a presentation in front of five people without fumbling over your words because you're behind, so scared to talk in front of folks. Couldn't <laughs> string together a, a, a coherent thought in front of a few people. You know I what have- I mean? It's like. It's not these guys aren't stupid. Yeah, that you may disagree with them, and you should maybe, but they're not dumb. Well, I, I got to say, I, I do have it's more faith than confidence, but I, I have some confidence in our government and and, and and some people, not all, right? And I know I'm about to say something that's going to trip some triggers out there in the world, Uh-oh. but uh, Nancy Pelosi, I have confidence in her. I really and truly do. I know, see, I knew. I see your head dropping and everything else. I ain't going to go into detail as to why, but I do. And I just, I know there's people out there savvy enough and, and, and they got enough 
like wherewithal to be able to do what what needs to be done. Now, will they do it? I don't know. But I think that lady is probably one of the most skilled politicians that we've ever had in our country. I really do. Look at how she's navigated everything from that the the the, the squad that came in, raising all that uproar and trying to get her unseated and dealing with the other side the way she do. And I mean, she 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 put Trump in his place quite a bit with the meetings and whatnot, right? Whether you like her or don't, again, just give credit what credit's due. She's a capable, very capable. Now, do I wish that she would lean towards some policies in a different way? Yeah, I do. I, honestly, I mean, some of the stuff I don't agree with. This $2,000 for every person in X, Y, and Z, so on and so forth. Then I, I saw a post the other day where they were talking about what the proposal was and how that much money. And somebody replied, well, get ready for $127 eight-ounce chicken breast, right? I mean, so I, there's some things that I, I don't agree with with her. But, and I ain't trying to convince you. I ain't going to do what I normally do, actually, to make you agree or don't agree. I'm just saying give credit what credit do. That is a savvy politician. And I got faith that when they're ready, like when they choose to, when they, when they can get past all the lobbyists and everything else, that they can make the right decisions and make the right policies and practices for us. I have to hold on to that hope. Because if I don't, I'm be sitting in a, I'm I'm a gun enthusiast or uh, what they call a gun nut. I got a bunch of them. I'll be sitting here locked and loaded waiting for the revolution. I mean, for the war to take place if I didn't have that hope, man. And that's all I'm trying to say is, wait, oh my God, don't say you have confidence in Pelosi. Oh, whatever. Whatever float your boat, make mine sail. But that's why I'm entitled to my opinion. Listen, I, I can't, I really, honestly, I can't take any issue with what, because what I just heard you say is that she's a skilled politician. You don't necessarily yeah. agree with everything that she decides to do, all of her policies, but she gets some stuff done. She is, no. that little, that little white lady is a gangster. Uh, thank you. And when, uh, and my hope is that she'll start turning that gangster in a way that ain't going to leave me impoverished as a business owner. I mean, I hate every time I got to go to the tax man. I hate that fact. And I know there's one side that leans in that direction more than the other. So, but again, just because I respect her, does that label me in some way? Well, because of the way our, the nature of our country right now? Yeah, it does. Like, I I, I have to be on the other team if I respect what that lady brings to the table. But uh, uh, the team I'm on will banish me to hell because... I can see some positives in what Trump has done as well. You know what I mean? Well, reach yourself in trouble already. We're not allowed to have <laughs> perspectives anymore. You have to choose one side or the other. And that, we ain't children no more. When I was a kid, I remember having friends where if I didn't like George, or if they didn't like George, I couldn't play with George, right? That's what children do. So all my buddies, don't they, they don't like George. So that means I can't be friends with you. Adults can be able to have disagreements and, and not necessarily be the same side of the coin. And just because you don't like them don't mean that I got to hate them, right? Because our relationships and our interactions may be two totally separate things. And it's okay for you to be friends with somebody I may not get along with. Who knows? You That may be the best relationship you ever had. So it should be okay for me to be able to respect with different people from different walks of life do, and not be labeled, not be pigeonholed as one or the other, or banished from my, my sect if I don't agree wholeheartedly with them. 
I think you should do your own thing, Reggie. Create your own sect, just like uh, the Whigs and and uh, you know the Democratic Republicans, all that sort. No, no, not that Whig. You know, when the Republican Party was created with our first nominee, Abraham Lincoln. All right, so listen, uh, just some inside baseball, by the way. When Reggie said really quickly, and I know there's one side that will definitely tax you more than the other. Now, the reason why Reggie threw that in there is because Reggie and I have had a lot of conversation where he brings up taxes, and I'm like, stop freaking voting for the side that will tax the living hell out of you. Stop voting for them. If you're going to vote for them, then don't be complaining about all these high taxes. He's heard me rail and rail and rail about this, so he just had to make sure he threw that in there. Yeah, because if I did, you were going to. Right, right, right. No, I was like, man, I'm really just trying to be good, Reggie, because I get accused of cutting you off way too much. Generally, it's by you, uh, but sometimes it's by other people. So I want to go, I want to go back. Let me, I got two points there, and then we need to get off here, man. Uh, I'm not feeling so good tonight. I don't think it's COVID 19, but we'll we'll see. So Nancy Pelosi is gangster, and let me tell you why she's gangster. Here's case in point. I'm going to prove your point. She sends everybody home to the house, not, not, not the house of representatives, all their own houses, and says, don't come on up here. And while she's up there, she's crafting her own bill. Now, a bill would normally go through committee process, you know, get marked up a little bit here and there. People get their input in. No, she doesn't do that. She crafts a bill, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, she even puts a great name on it, and uh, it has something to do with heroes, doesn't it? Have you seen this, Reggie? No. Nah. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, called a, the Hero Bill or something like that. Ah, the Heroes Act. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so Nancy says, hey, y'all, go home. Don't come up here. Meanwhile, I'm going to create a bill, put in whatever I want to put in it. No one's going to look at it. We're going to call it the Heroes Act. And y'all going to be a hero and come up here and vote yes for it. Because how could you vote against the Heroes Act? That lady is gangster. And meanwhile, there'll be another, I don't know how many trillions of dollars uh, will be spent. But, man, we can't even keep track at this point. How much you say that chicken was going to cost or whatever that was? Again, there's some lady who chimed in and said, get ready for the $127 eight-ounce chicken breast. There you and, go. Wow. It's kind of if we keep printing money. I mean, seriously. I really think that's the only thing separating us from soup lines, like in the depression, is that they got a printing press. They don't mind firing it up and saying, "Here you go." Yeah. We were on the gold standard. We'd all be in a line somewhere looking for some food. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not advocating for it, but uh, and the other thing I want to say, uh, Reggie, we'll wrap this up, is that I don't have confidence in those politicians. I do think that we have the greatest system that's ever been constructed, but it's just been perverted and twisted. Mm. Um, if if you lived someplace where you had no access to television, you had no access to the internet, maybe you were just maybe living off the land to some degree or whatever, Reggie, like you could sort of detach yourself at some reasonable level. You could go through your life and whoever's president in our system, whoever's president would be of no concern to you. You'd never know it. You'd never feel it. You wouldn't know who's in office. The system is not 
structured so that depending on whether a Democrat or Republican is in there, that, that we have these great swings left and right. Um, but through the, through the issuance of executive orders, legislating from the bench, bills that are not even going to be looked at before people vote on them, thousands and thousands of pages of bills dropped on people's desks and say, hey, we're going to vote in 18 hours. Nonsense like that. It's just getting perverted. It's just a big power game. And you, my friend, you and I, I think we end up losing out on that. We can't. So I have conf- who I have confidence in. I have confidence in the people in my house. I have confidence in, uh, in you being my friend. I have confidence in my other friends around me. I have confidence in, in my church and the people in my church and the, the people who come to my uh, nonprofit as, as uh, participants and volunteers. I have confidence in those people. Man, I do not have confidence in these jokers. Well, I want to be clear. Running things, that's for sure. My confidence don't mean I'm a, that I rely on them. I want to be clear about that. I, I I grew up poor, and my mom was too proud to go get welfare. She really was. I mean, like, there were times we struggled a lot. And I, I, I know that's instilled in me. I know my great uncle and all of them say, uh, don't let nobody do nothing for you for free. You know, all those different values and things of that nature. So I, I, I'm not going to rely on the government. I just want to believe that they are capable and that we, we've, we've made some good decisions in some election and that people get, they can get it right. I have to believe that. And that's just me. There's a few. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm afraid here, here's, I guess, one of my big fears, though, just looking at the system, is that cases like Michael Flynn, why would you want to get involved? Why would you want to get involved in this system? You come in, next thing you know, you got folks spying on you. You go through all this stuff. His, his, son's, uh, his son's livelihood and all this is threatened. Uh, it's, it's insanity, man. This guy pleads guilty. Reggie, you and I have seen cases where people under whatever duress, they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Just get back. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and now we're all the way to the point where the justice department says, no, we're not even, we're, we're dropping this. And some freaking guy in a black robe, who thinks he's God is just going to keep it going. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to get involved in it. And think about the people who came forward as whistleblowers. I thought we had a whistleblower protection law. Yeah. And them people get vilified and torn the hell apart. And some of them, you know, it's, it's a machine. They'll probably move to another job, but a lot of them, their careers are over. They're now, they, they better go try to be a pundit on TV. Right. And hope that they can capture in on their infamous 15 minutes of fame because it's over. Like, it, I wouldn't want to be the one making decisions. I can tell you that right now. Because you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. And anybody that gets involved around that, you you in that same kind of quandary. All right. Well, I think that if uh, you've not seen the Matthew McConaughey video, get on yeah. get on YouTube. Pull that up. Just type in Matthew McConaughey, Fox News. God, no, for some of you all, it, it would like break your keyboard. You're <laughs> spontaneously erupt in flames for you to type F O X space N E W S. If you can't do that, 
just just type in Matthew McConaughey interview or maybe Matthew McConaughey uh, Brett Bear. Yeah, you don't have to type in Fox News to get to it. I just found it. Oh, keep living. Keep living. Yeah, yeah. Uh, type that in. Watch that. And I really think I probably ought to also post this great Trump 2020 uh, campaign commercial that uh, someone sent me today, which is just Reggie. You gotta watch it, man. You gotta, you gotta watch it because it's it, all he's doing in this video is talking about how great our country is, man. And and they even like sprinkle some black folks in there, like one guy's in a Union Army outfit in the Civil War, you know. And it's like, yeah, we had brothers out there was actually even fighting in the Civil War for the good guys, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, it, it's great, man. It's great. I want you to watch it and tell me, tell me if you don't at least feel some sense of patriotism, you could be like, afterwards, you can be like orange man, bad, but still be like, it does make you feel good about America. <laughs> it's the best country in the world. It is, man. It is. I'm glad to hear that. Not that I would assume you wouldn't think it is, man. I know you think it is. So, all right, Reggie. I love you, man. I appreciate you going on this trip with me. We're at like episode number 12 or something like that, a small talk. And uh, I really think, though, this might be more marketable if we had just called it the Prince George podcast. Although <laughs> I did some research today. There is a show called the Prince George podcast already. Really? Yeah, some business dude, man. He probably don't know what he's talking about, man. I don't know. But <laughs> but we, we could call it something else. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it might be more marketable. Maybe if we argue a little bit more, maybe that would help. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for um, chiming in tonight. A lot of feedback tonight, a lot of in, in that chat box over there. I really appreciate that, Reggie, and I really get a kick out of seeing what you guys are posting and what your thoughts are. Glenn got to start it off tonight. I appreciate that. And I uh, appreciate Glenn is here like every time. Kayla's here every time. Um, I asked Teresa to come on the show tonight. She told me she couldn't. And then she's over there writing in the chat box. I don't know what's up with that. She's going to get banished from small talk. But uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. That is for sure. And, um, hey, I'd encourage you to go to smalltalk.tv. That's the website. You can get links to the YouTube channel. Uh, what I do after these podcasts is, uh, or after these live shows is I download the audio Upload it then to podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. Look at Reggie, you screwing up my audio, man. Click off that. And uh, so go, go uh, subscribe to the podcast and you can even go to, to YouTube. So some people, my sister, Reggie, likes to go to the uh, YouTube channel and pull up the show after the fact so she can watch us on the big screen. Reggie, you made it to the big screen, man. You didn't even know it right there on her 75-inch television in her living room right there in Columbus, Ohio. There you, you are. Know, you got a 75-inch. She got a 75-inch. What? I need to get a 75-inch, apparently. I'll tell you, man. It's up there on that wall. It shrunk ever since I put it up there. Though. I think I need like an 80 or 85. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I, I just finished Black AF uh, on Netflix up there on that 75-inch. And mm -hmm. uh, I absolutely loved it. And uh, not the most proud parent moment here, but my uh, teenage daughter would watch it together. She loved it as well. I've that's all I can say. I have no response to that, brother. I have no response. Dude, what a fantastic show. Yes, it is. I loved it. I loved it. I'm waiting for White AF to come out. I don't know <laughs> if that's going to happen. All right, everyone. Until next time.
take care of yourself, stay healthy, and try to be encouraged, right? Try to be encouraged. There's some good stuff in the world. Go to that Good News Network. You might see some. See if you can beat my time of being on that website for about 30 seconds before you get bored. <laughs> All right, we're out.